Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is of his availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him, he taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball. Hands down. Finch, two for three. He's done his part. Finch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not. They're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but you don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? And how often do you think about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies, doing the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident with your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website or give us a call at 860-430-5397. basketball fans we're back with the post about podcast here on clovercrest media I'm with big jace king Zay, and sean scanlon i finally got the all the crew back we are uh about i'd say a month month and a half into the season here and some good uh storylines are starting to unfold uh the we're gonna start right away with the phoenix suns they uh western conference champions from last season who fell short in the nba finals Started one and three, but ever since then, they've won 13 games in a row. They are now uh, 14 and three, right up there with the 15 and two Warriors. Uh, Sean, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to you first. D- do you think the Suns have enough to make another run, or do you think they could add a key piece before the deadline to kind of solidify their squad? I don't even think that they need to add another piece right now. I think that they're set with what they have. Um, obviously, they showed that they can make this run when they made it all the way to the finals last year. Um, you know, had the lead on the Bucks until the Bucks came storming back. So, I mean, I think this team definitely has enough. They have their star in Devin Booker. Uh, Chris Paul is arguably one of the best point guards in the league right now. Just the way that he takes care of the ball, his assist to turnover ratio is insane. I mean, he's he's obviously he doesn't turn the ball over. He gets good guy or good looks for his guys, and then DeAndre Ayton has carried you know the great postseason run he had into this season. So 
They also have good uh, young players in Cam Johnson, Mikel Bridges, who are both ascending. Uh, they bring in a good shooter and Landry Shaman off the bench. So I think that, you know, they've proven after the, the rough start that they had to the season, you know, obviously they pull off 13 in a row and they're right there with a Warriors team that only has two losses. So definitely an impressive streak to have going on. And I think that they've proven, proven that this is a team that could make a run. So I wouldn't, if I was James Jones, I wouldn't try and go out and, you know, add anything to this team. If they started losing, maybe look to, to add someone. But I think this team is uh, exactly where they want to be. And I think that they definitely have a chance to uh, make a push in the Western Conference yet again this year. Uh, Zay, unlike Jace, your team does not play in the Western Conference. So you're not really worried about them until it gets down to the nitty gritty. Um but speaking for fans and even just the Western Conference teams in general, should they should they be worried about Phoenix? Well, first off, happy holidays, everyone. Thanksgiving on the way, by the way. We'll get to see you guys until until you know afterwards. So for start off with that. But um I think the Western Conference teams, I think they have to um start to worry about this team. You can see uh, early in the NBA, we've seen a lot of inconsistency with a lot of teams, a lot of teams being up and down, especially teams like the Lakers who bought into a ton of players we thought they'd be a lot higher than they are. The Clippers, who seem to be, again, another team up and down. So when you think about it, Golden State, to me, has only been the real consistent team. Even Portland, who I thought coming into this year would have been a lot better, seemed to be struggling to find their footing. Even now, even now, I mean, even though with recent wins they've been getting, they still haven't been really that Portland team that we've been expecting them to be of, these, of past years. So I think you have to worry if you were if you're in the Western Conference. The Suns are definitely a, a juggernaut. The best thing they did was bring back Chris Paul and bring back Cameron Payne players. I think that was important for them to just bring back that roster and make another run at it because obviously they had great chemistry last year and you want to continue to keep that chemistry going into this year. So I think they covered all ends on that and I think they are a team to be reckoned with in the Western Conference. Jace, uh I think you know where I'm going with this from a jazz perspective. Uh, you know, you got Gobert to uh, kind of combat with, you know, battle down low with DeAndre Ayton. Uh, Devin Booker, I mean, Donovan Mitchell's not much of a defensive star, so he'll probably have his way against him. And Mike Conley's kind of getting up there in age. I don't, I mean, obviously so is Chris Paul, but he's looked timeless in the past few years. Uh, if, you're, if your jazz were in a situation where they face these Suns, in the uh, Western Conference Finals, how do you think that series would go? Well, uh, I think out of any team in the West right now, I think the Suns matchup wise are the worst against the Jazz. Like I'd rather see the the Warriors right now because I think Rudy Gobert would just dominate the glass uh, and help the Jazz win there. But I mean, as far as the Suns go, I I think they are really really good. I mean. Last year wasn't a fluke. Everyone talks about injuries, this and that. But, I mean, their showing last year wasn't a fluke. Can they can continue to stay this hot? Um, probably not. I mean, got, you got guys like Frank Kaminsky and JaVale McGee averaging 10 points. That's wild. I don't think that can keep up. Uh, I mean, my, Michael Bridges, he's doing great. But um, I can see him kind of like – uh, leveling out, uh, be having a little bit of a dip. So I, I, I don't know. I, I do think that they're obviously – oh, tough team in the West. The West is, I mean, just really tough. And uh, my Jazz, three games behind them right now. Uh, I, I think they are 
Uh, I know Steph's playing out of his mind, and I know Clay is almost coming is close to coming back. But man, the the Suns are are really really scary because I mean, just across the board, I, I mean, we know how good the Warriors' front court is. I mean, back court, just the Suns everywhere, and Aiden, like Sean said, continuing to roll from last season. I mean, even taking a, a, another step from just the playoffs. Like not he isn't that third guy anymore. He's that second guy right now, which uh is doing great for them. But I mean, yeah, the the Suns to me like they're the scariest team in the West. I mean, like I said, I know Steph's balling out and that stuff and the the Warriors are on top right now, but the Suns, man, that they got a lot of good things going for them, and I don't think I don't think they need to make a trade at all. Even if they do struggle a little bit, maybe go on like a small little lost streak, which I don't see happening. But I don't see they're set that they're they're going to be contending for, uh, and they are contenders for the NBA Finals coming up this season because because they're good. No, certainly you feel like they are certainly a candidate to run it back and get to another finals. Hopefully, you know, uh, for their sake, the result will be different uh, this time. But the Suns certainly are a force to be reckoned with out in the uh, Western Conference. Uh, We're going to get into a little game break here, uh, going over some injuries and top stories from the league. Uh, Well, First, we're going to run you an ad from Clovercrest Media. So, Jess, why did you become a realtor? I worked in a various customer service jobs, so I wanted something a little bit more rewarding. Um, becoming a real estate agent, being able to help people find their forever homes or their investment homes, starter homes, it's very exciting, so a lot of fun. Now, you've gotten off to a really good start in your real estate career. What has been the most rewarding part of this for you so far? Helping people, especially like first-time home buyers, um, finding their first home. They're so excited. Um, I'm so excited to help them. So it's a nice, rewarding part. What is it that you think makes you different than other real estate agents? I think that my various roles in customer service has helped me. So I like to ask a lot of questions and I want to know what I'm doing. So I think that helps a lot because I'm not going to steer people the wrong way. I'm going to make sure they have knowledgeable decisions um, and help them find the right home. Last thing I'm going to ask you is, and I know these are words that you live by, but the mantra at CTBD Realty is people over paychecks do the damn thing. And that's what we do. So getting into uh, probably one of the biggest stories over the past few days, uh, Pistons and Lakers. There was a scuffle between uh, LeBron James and Isaiah Stewart. Stewart, after his actions for escalating the uh, altercation, was suspended for two games. And the biggest news of them all, LeBron was handed his first career suspension. Some people think or thought that the the NBA would never do that to their poster boy. I mean, how could you suspend LeBron James? And even worse, he's suspended for a game against the New York Knicks in New York City at Madison Square Garden. Isaiah, I'm going to start with you. Considering you're a Knicks, fans, a Knicks fan, a lot of people probably bought tickets to this game anticipating to see LeBron James play. If you were going to this game, if you had tickets to this game tonight, would you be pretty mad? I'm uh, being furious. I'm not going today because these tickets are super expensive. 
through the roof as any ticket or any game in Madison Square Garden normally is. But when you talk about the Lakers and you talk about the star power that they have now, this ticket sort of skyrocketed through the roof. So to not have LeBron out there tonight is just an absolute bummer as a fan if you wanted to come to see LeBron. I mean, I'd be pissed. I, I went to go see LeBron once in the garden, and it was super expensive, so I can only imagine how someone feels now that they can't get to see him. But it is what it is. The league handed out this suspension, whether it be right or wrong, for what looked to be a very soft hit to the face that caused a, an accidental hit. It looks like it was more of where he hit him to cause that bleeding. Not so much how much hard, how hard he hit him. So it sucks. I mean, it, but it is what it is. The rule, NBA made their ruling, and there's nothing you can really do about it. Yeah, uh, Sean, I'm going to come to you next. Uh, you were telling me and Jace last week you're uh, quite the fighter yourself. So uh, I want kind of your analysis on this kind of fight. What did you see? Was it unnecessary for LeBron? Did you see any intention behind it, or you just think it was a big misunderstanding? Um, I think it was a misunderstanding. Obviously, I think he was a little pissed off that uh, he was pushing on his back, uh, boxing out. So I think he was just trying to get his arm off of him and then obviously caught him in the eye. And I think I kind of agree with Zay. He caught him in the wrong spot. Obviously, if you look at his eye, it, it looked like a UFC fight just happened. The guy, I mean, his his eye was obviously gushing. It looked super swollen. And then uh, Isaiah, if, it, if Isaiah Stewart didn't escalate it to that extent, I don't think – there maybe would have been no suspensions at all, but I mean, this guy, he, he looked like he was calmed down for a second. And then every time he would go run right after LeBron. So just a crazy <laughs> situation that happened. I, I couldn't believe the video when I saw it. And uh, the dude's only 20 years old too. He's, LeBron's almost double his age. He's pretty much a kid and he's going after LeBron James. So, I mean, respect to him. If, if, if you want to smoke with LeBron, good, go for it. But uh, so <laughs> It was definitely a crazy situation. Uh, I'm not surprised that guys like Russ and Rondo had to be held back. Um, obviously, I think that they were ready to go and stand up for LeBron, but just a crazy situation overall. But I, I think it could have been handled uh, a lot different. But a guy like Isaiah Stewart, like who's young, I think that you know he he takes that personally, obviously, and uh, he wants some some revenge. But uh, so definitely a crazy situation. But I'm not surprised that they both got um, suspended, especially the way that escalated uh, after after he got hit. Uh, Jace, I'm going to kind of hit you with a funny hypothetical since we've already uh, run down the um, list here of uh, analyzing this this kind of uh, – what do you – I don't even call it a fight. But I'm going to ask you, if these two were to hop in a UFC octagon or a boxing ring, who takes it? Well, I mean, obviously LeBron is just a super athlete, so I would imagine he would. But I, I do want to say – I give props to Isaiah Stewart. I mean, you got this guy, the, the face of the league. That was that was not a basketball play. That that I I agree with the suspension. That, that something should have happened because yes, it was it was unintentional. But I, I mean, if you're gonna that, like what happened to Nikolai uh, Jokic with him swatting the ball in the in the finals, if you're gonna call that, I think something here has to be called as well. So I, I, I get it. And, and, hey, you want to make a statement. This is the face of the league. He did something. You, you feel slighted for it. Yeah, I'll, maybe, I mean, don't, like, actually go and try and fight him, but get up in his face, get mad at him, make a little bit of a statement. And, and he did, and it, it's crazy. I mean, there's always just it, – it, the bad boy mentality is just always in 
in Detroit, I guess, right? I mean, <laughs> you have this. I mean, I know the mouse in the palace. Ron Artest was on the Pacers, but still something happened there. Detroit's just a weird place, you know? Just, yeah. he, also, he also doesn't have much to lose. He plays for the Pistons, yeah. so I, I'm, I'm sure he wasn't even that mad about the two-game suspension. He did two long games old, playing with that terrible team. How old were you guys for the mouse in the palace? I'm not sure if you guys were. When was that? Do you know what year that was? Like 2004. 2004. I think I was five. Yeah, I don't remember. I was 12 years old. Let me tell you, that was a serious situation compared to what we saw. That, yeah. That, that was not. The NBA was 20 times softer than it ever was. That was absolutely nothing more than LeBron freeing his hand and he caught him right here. Just like if in the UFC fight, if you hit somebody right there, they'll bleed or a boxing match, it happens. It was nothing more than that. Please, please, please don't make it more than that. You, is the NBA, We are in the softest generation of basketball right yeah, now. Yeah, you're right. And they, they're giving flagrants and technicals for, for less than that. I agree. All the that, time. But the, I need people to stop comparing it to the malice. And the, it wasn't even close. It's just because it's in Detroit, man. It's just because it was Detroit. That's why it's giving you the comparison. I wish uh, the, the madness that night. You don't understand. The, no, I, it's definitely different, but still. It's uh, and um, so, uh, getting uh, moving on from that, another injury news: uh, Colin Sexton expected to miss the rest of the regular season with uh, knee surgery to repair a torn meniscus. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. is dealing with a nerve issue in his back. He has had a history of back injuries that also could require season-ending surgery. And one more thing I wanted to talk about is uh, John Wall is suiting up. He's sitting on the bench. For the Houston Rockets, who are one and sixteen, by the way, uh, they've lost fifteen straight games. Um, you know, trade partners. I, I think they've been pretty hard to come by, considering uh, John Wall is owed north of forty-four million dollars this year. Um, yeah, you don't want that contract. <laughs> you don't want that contract, but we'll take the player. <laughs> right. Obviously, he still has some talent left. He averaged twenty a game last year with Houston. Um, Sean. If a if something money wise is worked out, uh, do you think that he would be able to help a team that's contending? He definitely could. I mean, like you said, he he still has the talent. Um, obviously, you know, the past couple of years, ever since he he got the Achilles injury, he's been injury prone. But he obviously still has the talent. He's not as explosive as he was back in the day, but he still can get to the uh, still get to the basket. Uh, he's a pretty good passer. He's not the defender he was back in the day, but he definitely could help a contender coming off the bench, I believe. And so if he were to get traded, if the Rockets were willing to pay pay off some of that salary just to get rid of him, I think that a team would definitely look to take him on. But, um, I mean, it, it was just a bad contract at the time, and it's, it's even worse now, uh, the Supermax ex- extension. So if the Rockets were uh, able to pay some of the salary, I think that, you know, a contending team definitely should look uh, if, they, if they need a point guard off the bench. But, um... I just I don't see it happening if if they have to pay that full forty four million dollars because I mean there's not a lot of players in the NBA that are worth that contract and John Wall is definitely not one of them right now so I, I see I see it being tough for a team to you know take on the contract unless he gets released or something like that but I think it could definitely help a contender obviously basketball wise he he still has the talent to um come off the bench and be productive I think uh, Isaiah Kemba Walker's not doing so hot huh eleven points a game. <laughs> Do you want John Wall on your Knicks? 
I mean, at this point, I, I'd take up anything that could shake up the point guard position and help solidify it. But like Sean said, the issue is $41 million there. That's too much. You're talking about we got Kimball Walker for a couple of blockbuster DVDs. So I'm fine with that deal for now. It worked out for us as it is. I, I mean, obviously, I could see Derrick Rose being inserted into the starting lineup and then obviously using some of these more rookie players like Deuce McBride and some of these, giving these, some of these guys a chance quickly, obviously, giving him a chance maybe not necessarily starting because we've seen what he's done in the starting position. I think he's better off the bench. But I think John Wall, again, if he could come in and we could get him at a decent price, uh, I think he would be a, a – you see what we did with Derrick Rose off the bench. Like, why can't we do that with John Wall? I mean, <laughs> we, we seem to have luck with all the players coming off the bench. So, I mean, I would take him, obviously. Like you said, Kemba Walker's been struggling ever since we brought him in. Hasn't been as productive as we thought he would even be, so – Anything to shake that up at that position. And, Jace, I'll, I'll kind of ask you the same question. Not that Mike Conley is struggling, but uh, I could see him coming off the bench. Uh, would, or, or even John Wall coming off the bench. Would you want to see John Wall in a Utah uniform? Um, n- No, no. I mean, I, lo- I love John Wall. I like John Wall. You guys remember the dance, the John Wall dance? But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I love him at Kentucky. I, I love the- I love playing with him on 2K on the Wizards. But uh, – he, I just, I don't get is the Rockets just paying him all this money to just have him sit on the bench, at least have him go out there and play a little bit. I mean, you're paying him all this money. You're looking for a trade partner. Let him at least show his value and show his worth. But, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be very, very hard. Uh, I, I just don't see any team. Any team really need that? Maybe, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe like a Boston because they're having like problems at point guard. Maybe, but even that's a a huge stretch. Like, yeah, I don't see anything. I I wouldn't be surprised if John Wall just, they just like release it maybe. I mean, at this point, I don't know. I think that's a lot of money just released. Yeah, uh, it's certainly a situation to keep an eye on, John Wall. Like we mentioned, he's a good player, but that money is a huge, huge problem. Um, Jace, I'm going to actually stick with you because we're going to get right into our next topic, and we're going to cover uh, how our own teams have been doing. Obviously, I don't mean our own teams and like we own them, but we're part of the fan base, and that's a huge part of a team. Uh, Jace, I'm going to stick with you. Like I said, Jazz. How you like how they're uh, performing in this uh, first first month, month and a half? Um, they're doing all right. Uh, I mean, top third right now, four games back at Golden State. Uh, I mean, I mean they've been consistent, uh, getting wins, couple losses here and there. Last night was rough, but I mean, if it's gonna take some crazy stuff, uh, like a jump ball into a three point shot, I mean, I'll take that. If you get if craziness. Ha- if you, it, everything has to be crazy for you to beat the Jazz, I'll, I'll take that. But uh, yeah, uh, they're still going to be competitive. I mean, nothing really. Uh, Rudy go. I mean, Rudy Gay. I've been talking about him all all year. I wanted to see him play. He came out great, twenty point performance, and he's been a dud the the, the next two games. So he's been really disappointing. Uh, I, I and last night also. I mean, you talk about. I just talked about this. The craziness ensuing. Also, the bench, uh, the bench really was terrible last night. I think they they need to step it up. I mean, the, the Jazz are one of the the deepest teams in the league, 
and to have the bench have the performance. I mean, Hassan Whiteside was their leading bench scorer last night. That that can't happen. So, yeah, uh, I mean, it, it, all the stars, Donovan Mitchell's playing great, Rudy Gobert's playing great. All the starters are doing their thing. Uh, it really just does come down to the losses. Really come down to the bench just not performing. Yeah, uh, I'll go to my Sixers next. Obviously, I mean Ben Simmons not playing and uh, Joel Embiid missing the last eight games due to uh, him contracting COVID nineteen. They're currently sitting in the eighth spot at ten and eight. They were eight and two, so that does mean they're two and six in their last um, eight games. Uh, I mean, you can't really judge much until Embiid is back and fully healthy. Never mind, he was already playing on a bum knee and we were winning games. And then, uh, until Simmons either comes back and gets, you know, gets his ass on the court and stops being a little baby, or we, we trade him for the peanuts and cashews we're going to get back. Um, I, I don't really have a full gauge on this team and their outlook for the rest of the season. All I can say is that uh, I've been very impressed with Furkan Korkmaz. I've been very impressed with Seth Curry. Uh, Tyrese Maxey has also been very, very good for this team. So the role players are certainly doing their part, winning us some games, uh, solid win against a depleted, not depleted, but they're basically depleted with the uh, lack of talent they have on their squad in the Kings last night. And then uh, I I think if it's not tonight, it's tomorrow we take on another Western Conference team in the um, – it is tomorrow. Who do we play tomorrow? The – oh, great, the Golden State Warriors. Warriors. So that should be a fun one to watch. That will not be my game I'm looking forward to. Uh, Isaiah, how about you tell us about your Knicks and uh, what you're seeing from them? Yeah. Um, haven't hit panic mode yet, Um bunch of inconsistency obviously we're in ninth seed right we're at ninth place right now only because i think amount of games we played once we went if we went tonight obviously that'll catapult us back up into the middle of the pack but that's something i'm not worried about obviously still complete it's not even christmas yet so i'm not really worried about standings and where teams stand we'll see teams go on runs here and there so I'm not worried about that. I think as far as the Knicks go, I've been very disappointed in Evan Fournier. He's just not been the acquisition we thought he would be. I mentioned before, Kimball Walker has just been a complete and utter letdown. And Julius Randle is still missing from last year's playoffs. I hope at some point he can find his way back. Recently, he's been playing good, but it hasn't been the Randle that we have come to see from last year. So hopefully he can find some form in that. But if he can't, I hope the Knicks can realize that Obi Toppin is starting to come about and to my opinion, from what I've seen recently, he has been the better player as of recent. I don't I'm saying he's the better player all uh, overall, but as of recent, from what I've seen, he's been the better player. Obviously, everyone on the second ben- on the second squad has been better in the first unit. They have been basically saving the Knicks in the games that they have won this year. So I would like to see Tom Thibodeau actually switch it up, give Toppin some more minutes, and see what he can do in the in, you know in that role where he is someone who's getting heavy minutes and can contribute heavy to that team because I think him and quickly and Derek Rose are a big part of that team being able to score and basically continue to stay in these games that the way they have been but outside of that like I said not much to panic about it's still very early a lot of teams around the league are still trying to figure things out so everyone will start to pick up ground hopefully we can pick up a win against the Lakers tonight because you play the Suns next and that's probably going to be an L if you can't figure things out so 
Things on this end are kind of bleak, but it's not over. It's not, you know, it's ugly, but it's not the end of the world. Yeah, too early to really tell anything concrete. Um, Sean, I'm interested to hear what you're going to talk about. We know here you don't have a team. You are a big Russell Westbrook guy. So you're going to go that direction. You got another team in mind. Yeah, I'll talk about the Lakers. And uh, obviously it has not been hot. Um, You know, LeBron missing all that time. And now he comes back and now he's suspended. Um, The one thing I was worried about this team was, is Anthony Davis going to be healthy? And that's really been the one thing that has been consistent. AD has looked uh, pretty solid. I mean, he has that big game against the Celtics the other night. And then, you know, they ended up blowing it in the second half. They had the halftime lead and just were a no-show in the second half. So the the concerns about this eight or the concerns about the age of this team is definitely warranted. I feel like, I mean, these guys are all, you know, in the second half of their careers, maybe aside from AD, uh, you bring in a bunch of veterans, but I just, I don't know how talented they are as a team. So uh, definitely a concerning start for them. Uh, I, I did not think they would be at 500 through almost 20 games. So, and uh, just Russell Westbrook alone, he's, I mentioned it last last episode, but just way too many turnovers. He's, you know, he's just going 100 miles per hour at all times. And that's the reason I do love Russell Westbrook because he goes hard every single night. But at some point, he has to try and slow it down, um, get better looks for his teammates, you know, not be completely out of out of control when he's driving to the rack. Uh, stop, stop taking so many three-pointers. I mean, he's been a... He's been around a 30% shooter from the three, like pretty much for his career. So, I mean, cut down on those, try and get better looks for your teammates and stop being so out of control. But um, that's just the, that's why Russ is who he is because he's, he's stubborn and he's stuck in his ways and he's not going to change. So, I mean, rough start for the Lakers. I don't, I don't know if they'll be able to turn around. If LeBron can come back after the suspension and, you know, start to look like the old LeBron, then maybe they could turn it around. But, um, just one game. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but I meant like he's got the suspension right after he comes back off an of injury, and they've been out without LeBron other than the Celtics game and then some of the Pistons games. So they need LeBron back for this team to succeed. Obviously, they they didn't do so uh, terrible at the start when LeBron was there, and then obviously LeBron being gone, uh, they kind of just started to fall off. So I think they need him back in their lineup every night, and uh, we'll see if they can turn around. But I I just don't I don't see them as a contender right now. I just. I, I don't think that that they can contend with uh, a lot of teams at the top of the Western Conference. Obviously, the Suns are red hot. Warriors have been amazing. Uh, you got teams like the Jazz and the Nuggets. So, I just I, I don't I don't think it's going to be a, a great year for the Lakers. No, yeah, certainly. Uh, but like I said, a little early to tell. But always you get a gauge about twenty twenty five games uh, what you're seeing early on. So. Uh, we're gonna get into our next game break. Tell you guys some games we're looking forward to coming up this week. And uh, first, we're going to run an ad from Clovercrest. It's been a pretty wet summer in Connecticut, and that means more mosquitoes than ever. If you didn't have your home service for mosquito control and find you're spending most of your time outside flooding those little pests, you are in luck. Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut provides the best value in mosquito control services because of how they treat your yard using the Mosquito Shield Tailored Treatment System. They don't use a fixed schedule or an identical product one-size-fits-all service program because you can't control mosquitoes on a set number of sprays or visits. Unlike the competition, Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut will service you for this season whatever it takes to provide superior results. This promise has awarded them an industry-leading consumer retention rating of 90%. Visit MosquitoShieldCT.com to schedule an appointment with Wade the Cesare and enjoy the rest of your summer mosquito-free. 
All right. So um, Isaiah had to go. That is fine. He did send us his um, best luck for our next segment. But first, me, Jason, Sean are going to tell you um, our games we're looking forward to coming up uh, for this uh, week. I'll go first. I got the um, – uh, where was it? Ah, right here. The uh, Nets versus the Suns on Friday. That is going to be a great, great game. Um I think, or is it on? Is that game on? It might be. Oh, it is on Saturday. Uh, Nets, Suns on Saturday. Obviously, we talked about the Suns. The Nets are also a very good team, championship favorites, even without Kyrie Irving. So that game should be good. Um, I'm looking forward to watching that one. I don't want to watch a lot of um, Nets basketball because uh, I just kind of know what the outcome is going to be. Sean, what do you got for us? Uh, I'm going to stick with the Nets um, in their game tomorrow at uh, 7.30 playing the Celtics. Uh, obviously, Celtics started off rough the first couple weeks. I think they've won three in a row now, so they're looks like they're starting to round into form. Uh, the Nets are obviously probably the uh, top team in the East, so I think there's a two contenders in the East, especially if the, the Celtics keep playing the way they are. So uh, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing if the Celtics can step up to this challenge. Uh, you know, obviously they've been playing better as of late, but can they step up and, uh, you know, win at home against a great Nets team? So uh, I think it will be a, a lot of fun. And I think this is definitely uh, – it could be a preview of something we could see in the, the Eastern Conference playoffs. So I, w- I want to see if the Celtics can continue to play this way and uh, see if the if they pull out the upset against the Nets. I like that one. Jace, what do you got for me? Uh, I liked the. I mean, I like both those games. Both those games should be interesting. Um, but uh, I got one. It's not going to be on TV. So uh, check out uh, Stream East or something. Try and find it. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks uh, against the Memphis Grizzlies on Friday. Um, I, I just. I think both these teams really just match up. Both young teams. They both match up very similarly. Uh, John Moran versus Trey Young. Then you got Collins versus Jackson. Uh, it's very, very – I just like the way they play. And Capella and Steven Adams, they're both just those uh, j- just like Swiss Army knives uh, as far as like big men go. Get the rebounds, be be the dirty like grinders, uh, and just do what they need to do. So, yeah, I think both those teams, both two young teams looking uh, – I mean, still fighting for their to to get into the playoffs and fighting to really make a name for themselves. Uh, I think it should be a good one. Yeah, those are uh, those are some good games. Obviously, in the NBA these days, there really are no bad games. You can find something positive in every game you can uh, find on TV, even if it's not on TV, like Jay said. Um, so we're gonna get into right now our best bets. This is a new segment this year, obviously, with sports betting being legalized in Connecticut. Uh, Jace, I'm going to go to you first. You got you hit me with an interesting one last week with the college basketball. Yeah, what do you got for me this week? Hit. It did not hit. It was rough. But, I mean, Seton Hall did uh, – I, I should have said Seton Hall. I was thinking Seton Hall. But I was like, hey, it's too early. So, nah, let's go. Uh, but uh, uh, I'm going to – I'm – I'm going to go – it's tough. Uh, Portland's favorite six and a half right now tonight against the Nuggets. I, I think I think Joker, I think think Joker the Joker can take over that game. So I'm going to go the Nuggets 
plus six and a half against the Trailblazers. I mean, just I know. I mean, we talked about uh, the Michael Porter Jr. injury, but I just think uh, the Joe Nikolai Jokic is just one of those guys he can make people better around him. So I think the others will step up, and I mean. Portland's been struggling all year. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going I'm to take Denver plus six and a half against Portland tonight. Uh, Sean, what do you got? I'm going with the first game of the four-game slate tonight, uh, Heat and Pistons. I'm going to take Heat uh, minus ten and a half. The Heat have been the second-best team against the spread this year, uh, right behind the Warriors. The Pistons haven't been great against the spread, and they haven't been great at home. I believe they're two and seven at home, so – I think that, you know, they're coming off an emotional game, obviously, with the Isaiah Stewart situation. I don't think they're going to rally around it. I think that they probably are going to be super drained after that that long night they had against the Lakers. And this Heat team, uh, after a really good start, they've been kind of struggling a little bit. So I think this will be a get-right game for them. Uh, obviously, it's a big number, but I just think the Heat are much better than the Pistons. So I think that they'll get the big win. I could see them winning around by 15 points. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's go Miami. All right. Uh, that's also a very good uh, one. Obviously, the Pistons aren't much of a uh, competing team these days. I'm going to take um, the Denver Nuggets money line. I uh, know they are not favored tonight against Portland. Michael Porter Jr. obviously is out, like we mentioned. But uh, like Jace has mentioned, you know, not only this show, but all the time, Nikola Jokic is just a, a beast. I mean, you can't compete with that. I think he's going to have a triple-double tonight. I think he's going to show uh, some flashy passes, and he's going to get the Knicks to win, and he's also going to get me a win uh, and get some money in my pockets. So Hey, we can't double up. I'm, I'm changing mine. I'm All taking right. Dallas. I'm taking Dallas tonight over the Clippers because Luka owns L.A. Let's Ooh. not forget about the playoffs. All righty. Uh, and then Isaiah uh, told us before he left – he wants to take the Laker money line. He did say at first that he, he wants the Knicks minus seven and also the Lakers money line, but that, that just doesn't work. work. Very uh, contradictory. I would say. We're just going to say Isaiah wants the Lakers money line uh, plus 220. So go bet on that if you want to blame Zay after the Knicks beat the Lakers without LeBron James. Yeah, um, or, or bet on both. And either way, just blame Zay for your loss. There yeah. you go. There we you, go. Could hedge, you could hedge your bet, and that maybe that's what Zay was doing. I was... <laughs> hey, you never, we'll never know. We'll have to ask him. Um, all right, that'll do it for our show today. Uh, obviously, we're every Tuesday and occasionally on Saturdays. We'll start getting into the flow of uh, two shows a week once the season picks up a little bit more. Uh, for Isaiah, who had to leave early, Sean Scanlon, Big Jace has been Lucas Bolduck, and the Posting Up Podcast on Clovercrest Media. Peace.
CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Showing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Week, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting CloverCrestMedia.com. 